You're listening to Listening to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And we're here today for our July 2021 mid month book news check in, um, where we go over the latest publishing and book news in Asian American literature. Uh, who? Rira, how is your summer going so far? It's hot. It's way too hot. <laughs> what sucks is we have, since we're recording from home, we have to turn off our ACs um to get it's to give worst. you the listener the best quality podcast we can we can manage and that means the longer this podcast session goes the more miserable Rira and I will get so we're doing this for you just just it's, know it's out of love <laughs> <laughs> uh, well let's get to it so we can get out of this heat as soon as possible yeah i'm excited um to get this session over with because um they they opened a sunrise tea factory um, near my house and that's been my latest boba obsession of course i don't drink boba with my milk tea anymore so more milk tea obsession they have a really great hokkaido milk tea that's been my jam for the last few weeks so uh looking forward to some refreshing milk tea beverage after this recording <laughs> it's definitely been a boba season uh for sure oh it's always boba season no it's but always when it's book summer, season though. it's always boba season here on yes. books and boba Right, right. <laughs> Although we rarely talk about boba, um, which I fear our listeners might think is false advertising, but the boba is more a more just symbolism for the fact that we're Asian. Is it symbolism or a signifier? More of a signifier. I don't know. Right? <laughs> like we had, we came up with a bunch of different names before with like Asian in the title of our name, but we're just like, mm, I don't know. Like we want it to be more subtle and alliterative. That's true. Well, like whenever I tell people that uh, I do this podcast, the first thing that they always say is, wow, that's a really good name. So it's an we, awesome uh, name. Yeah, we lucked out on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. we're going to get to our book deals that we pull from Publishers Weekly, Twitter, and a bunch of different sources that I find randomly so yeah. here we go Rira, what's our first deal in a six-figure auction random house bought north american rights to two books by my nardone the first book welcome me to the kingdom is set in bangkok and stretches over the course of three decades before during and after the 1997 financial collapse the book is described to illuminate great truths about class race and religious belief at the center of a thai culture buffeted by the economic and cultural headwinds of global capitalism. Welcome Me to the Kingdom is set for 2022 with a second book, an untitled novel that is not yet scheduled. That sounds interesting. That sounds, you know, I think we need more books about the effects of globalization, especially the importation of like capitalism into um, developing countries and like the chaos um, you know, it brings opportunity, but it also brings chaos and stratification of classes as capitalism does. And yeah, it sounds what I mean is it sounds like a feel good summertime beach read is what I'm saying. 
Anytime capitalism <laughs> is put into the book summary, you know that there is some good times ahead. <laughs> All right, congratulations to my on their book deals. Uh, next up, Little Brown acquired in an exclusive submission World Rights to Hollow Fires by Samira Ahmed, her next novel about revolutionary girls. The found footage story follows young journalist Safiya Mirza and her investigation into the disappearance of teen inventor Jawad Ali as she confronts the insidious nature of racism, the costs of unearthing hidden truth, and the undeniable power of hope. Publication is slated for summer 2022. Man, just one feel-good story after another here. Uh-huh. I mean, this sounds really interesting. I like It sounds like a thriller, and that is definitely up my alley when it comes to genres. So yeah. I am pretty stoked about this. And found footage story sounds really interesting. Um, sounds like a really hard way to write a story, to be honest. But it, it, it can also be very surprising, you know, like it's much easier to plant in twists when you have an unreliable narrator. So, yeah, um, congratulations to Samira Ahmed. So our next book deal, Oni Press acquired at auction World Rights to Agent Cupcake by writers May Hilario and Lauren Davis and illustrator Katie Longua, the team behind Debian Pearl Digital Detective. In this middle-grade graphic novel, 12-year-old Miguel Mangayayam has always been obsessed with magical creatures, so he's thrilled when he's recruited by the Mystical Beast Bureau as their first human field agent. It gets even better when he's partnered with Agent Cupcake, a skilled unicorn spy. But when members of a reclusive unicorn community start losing their magical powers, Miguel and Cupcake must figure out why. Publication is set for fall 2024. I like this. Unicorn <laughs> Spies. That sounds yeah, it's like, like a really fun novel. <clears throat> it's like My Little Pony meets James Bond. I love it. I remember like when I was a kid, uh, there were like shows like um, like Kids Next Door and uh, <laughs> shoot, like what was it called? Like um it it was like like hall safety officers and it, like every episode was kind of like noir. I forgot <laughs> the name of the show, but um, yeah, there were a lot of like shows like that where you had like uh, young kids or like magical creatures acting as like, you know, James Bond or secret agents. And yeah, yeah it's really reminiscent of that and it's really fun. So <laughs> congratulations. All right, uh, our next deal, Coca-Cola bought world rights to I Want to Be Spaghetti by writer and recipe developer Kira Wright-Ruiz and illustrated by Claudia Lamb. The book tells the story of how one little ramen packet finds self-love in a spaghetti-obsessed world with subtle commentary on colonialism's relationship to food. Publication is projected for 2023. Yes, let's teach the kids about colonialism and food. Yeah, um... Ramen is great, so <laughs> like, why would you want to be spaghetti? Sounds like a very cute story. Spaghetti was just biting off ramen to begin with, right? Because the Italians didn't discover noodles until they, you know, I don't know if they. Oh, stole we're going it with that story, Asia, but you know, <laughs> like they stole our dumplings. <laughs> they stole our dumplings. They <laughs> stole their our raviolis are actually dumplings. Oh, they took man. our noodles. We're not historians, by the way, so we actually don't know if that is true. So please take our words with a grain of salt. (laughs) All right. Next up, HarperCollins acquired world rights to The Greatest River, written by Namida Mulani Mehra and illustrated by Koha Lee. 
The picture book takes readers on a journey with Ananda, who finds strength, comfort, and healing at a time when she needs it the most, in a place deeply meaningful to her mother, the holy river of India, Ganga. Publication is slated for winter 2024. Sorry, I was looking up the history of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Is this based on like a a folktale or is it like original story, do you know? I think it's an original story. Okay. Um and it seems like it's about grief uh cuz it says deeply meaningful to her mother, so I'm guessing that it has to do with like losing your mother and dealing with grief and finding healing, which is always a great uh message for younger readers. People always underestimate what younger readers can understand uh so it's really nice to have books that can delve into these types of topics yeah while also being culturally um, sensitive and specific next up kids can press um, acquired world rights to the shape of you by moon t von uh, which takes a fresh look at the shapes that make up our world miki sato will illustrate publication is set for fall 2023 i just thought of like ed sheeran you know, because like the shape of you is. <laughs> I'm, that's I'm pretty sure this is like a not... book about sh- just shapes, right? <laughs> like yes, squares and yes. triangles and circles and stuff. I mean, it would be really funny if, you know, I'm just thinking about like a picture book that takes uh, like really big pop songs and just illustrate like parts of the lyrics. I think that would be pretty fun. Except, um, but anyway, I'm pretty this sure is not that it's your song is about sexy times, which I don't know if it's a good message for children. Right? Yeah, no. Okay, so next up, Cameron Kidd's Acquired World Rights to Eat Your Peas, Julius, written by Shirin Yim Bridges and illustrated by Fiona Lee. The picture book is about young Julius Caesar and how even the future leader of the Roman Republic has to finish everything on his plate. Publication is planned for fall 2022. We all know what happened to Julius Caesar, right? (laughs) you mean getting stabbed by his best friends and co-workers yeah yeah i feel like this book is liable for the julius caesar estate because i don't know i don't know if we can historically prove that he did not that's true but it is fun it's a fun way to learn (laughs) history i guess i i don't know like peas eat your olives julius (laughs) because you know olives are more native to uh to to italy so and they do taste funkier I, I, you know, I never had a problem with my peas. I don't know about you. It's because we're Asian. That's true. We are trained. Peas are in from so birth to many. Yeah, everything on our plate, regardless of our feelings. Man, I hated eating like rice with peas for like the longest time. Really? Yeah, because like the peas in like rice are humongous, and it's like. <laughs> The texture is so weird, but of course, you know, you're taught at a young age to eat whatever is given to you. I mean, I feel like the only times I had peas in my rice was in fried rice, which was totally fine. No, like it was just like (laughs) white rice or brown rice with huge chunks of peas in it. That's just some some Korean thing then. Uh, maybe it's just a Korean thing. I don't know. If you're Korean and you're listening to this, please let us know. Maybe (laughs) it's just my childhood. Who knows? All right, next up, uh, Putnam acquired Mei Koyuto's YA rom-com, Chloe and the Kaishao Boys. The story is about a Chinese-Filipino girl from Manila whose father sets her up on a marathon of dates in hopes that she'll get a boyfriend and want to stay in the Philippines for college instead of going to school in the U.S. Publication is slated for fall 2022. Yo, this sounds fun. Like, 
It also sounds like something that real parents would do in in real life. I don't know. I feel like this this plan is doomed to fail. I think it's interesting that he wants his daughter to stay in the Philippines for college because most people want their children to study abroad. It's true. For for education. Especially in the so. US, which is seen as like the, you know, where you send your kids out for clout. But I mean, this dad obviously really wants his daughter to stay because he's willing to put up with a boyfriend, which most dads. That's true. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A marathon of dates. So <laughs> it's more than just one guy. So it it sounds really fun. Yeah. Usually it's the mom that's setting up the dates. So, you know, it's flipping the script a little bit. That's true. You don't really see the dad (laughs) setting up the blind dates. It's really funny. All right. Next up, in an exclusive exclusive submission, HarperCollins bought Girls to the Front, written and illustrated by Nina Mata. This middle-grade nonfiction anthology highlights and celebrates Asian-American and Pacific Islander women throughout American history— whose contributions helped create, shape, and inspire our nation. Publication is planned for early winter 2024. Yeah. This sounds like an anthology that I could use as an adult, and I'm pretty sure kids out there will <laughs> will need it too. But Yeah, know. no, I love that it's middle grade, so I can, again, another book I can send off to my nieces, you know, empower them. I've been seeing a trend... Uh, where a lot of books are coming, there there are a lot of books that are uh, showcasing hidden contributions by like by women scientists, engineers, because history is mainly told by uh, straight white men who steal credit from a lot of POCs and women. So it's nice that we have like more uh, resources where you can learn more about history, and it's nice that we do have. Uh, like a middle grade nonfiction anthology that's specifically about Asian American and Pacific Islander women, because that's like, <laughs> I don't know, like you, you like women are considered like invisible in, in a lot of fields. And then you add like the whole like person of color on top of that. And that is just like double ceiling. So yeah. I'm really excited to, uh, to read this. Yeah, definitely going to check it out when it comes out in early winter 2024. Yeah. Next up, First Second acquired Kitty McLeod's middle grade graphic memoir, Continental Drifter, a story about a Thai-American girl caught between two worlds, Bangkok, where her family lives, and Maine, where they spend their summers. Publication is scheduled for 2023. I don't know much about Maine, but um, it seems like it would be very white. It is very white. A lot of my uh, classmates uh, in in college were from like that area, like Maine and Connecticut, and uh, it's definitely like where a lot of uh, upper class, like white, um, like families live. So it's interesting because they're spending their summers in Maine. Maine doesn't really seem to be like a summer location to me. Well, you think that, but also summers in Bangkok are horribly oppressive. Yeah, they in are terms horrible. Of, like, humidity and heat. So um, if I lived in Thailand, I would want to go someplace cool and coastal for, for my vacations. Yeah, and this is a graphic memoir. So um, this is based on Kathy's life. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds really interesting. Another story that kind of flips the script because usually, well, I mean, speaking from a 
Chinese American perspective, we spend our days here in California and then we go to Asia for our summers, which, you know, as you know, in Korea and, and Taiwan, where, where my family's from, it, it, it gets really hot. And it's, like, it's, it's real hot. It's miserable. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. That's the worst time to go if you're if you don't like humidity and mosquitoes. The best time to go uh, in Korea, uh, go to Korea is like in the spring or mm. uh, late fall. Uh, cause it's, it's relatively like a good temperature. Uh, but I think spring is the best cause you see all of like the cherry blossoms and yeah. like the flowers. Well, you guys get winters, like actual winters too, right? Oh yeah. Like <laughs> winter, winter, like subways freeze and they have to like stop the trains. Yeah. In Taiwan, we just get a uh, typhoon season. So it rains a lot, but oh, we it's, get typhoon it's a, it's a season tropical as well. island. So we don't really get really winter over down there. We get all of the seasons. It's <laughs> the freaking worst. <laughs> okay. So in an exclusive submission, FSG acquired world rights to Brown written by Supriya Kelker and illustrated by Nur Sophie. The book is an ode to all the positive, beautiful things about the color brown and what they mean to one Indian-American girl as she creates a gift just in time to welcome her new baby brother to the world. Publication is planned for fall 2022. Yeah. So I guess this is a children's book by Superior Kulkar? Yeah, like I, I like the fact that it's... uh. It focuses on the color brown, which is a color that uh, a lot of young kids are taught that it's like dirty. It's not as like nice as like uh, like white skin color tone. So it's nice that there is a book dedicated to showing all of the beauty that's related to brown, yeah. and also about like becoming an older sibling. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think that is like a very unique experience where like you're an only child for a short while, and you're like the most precious thing ever and then you have a younger sibling show up and it's like how do you deal with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right next up scholastic bot must love pets a young middle grade series by sadia faruqi um the writer of meet yasmin the series the series centers on a pakistani american girl who starts a pet sitting business with her friends to prove she is ready for a pet of her own the series launches in summer 2022 with furry friends forever. Pet sitting business. Nice. How entrepreneurial for a young girl. <laughs> Although if I was her parents, I would say, well, why would you want your own pets when you're taking care of everyone else's pets? That is true. Right? Uh, <laughs> my my parents were like not not pet people, but at the same time, we're, we're allergic to fur. So there was a lot <laughs> of upkeep uh, in terms of getting the right pet. All right, next up, Modern Marigold Books bought world rights to Basking in My Brown by Fatima Faisal, a picture book featuring a girl celebrating the beauty of her brown skin and Pakistani culture in the summer sun. The book will be illustrated by Pakistan-based artist Anine Shaikh. Publication is scheduled for July 2022. Another book that celebrates the color brown. Yeah. Yeah, burn that internalized colorism <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Delacorte Acquired Lancers, the debut YA trilogy by author Yoon Ha Lee, um, author of Dragon Pearl and the Night Fox Gambit. Um, this adrenaline-fueled sci-fi adventure follows Hua Young, a teen training to be an Imperial Lancer pilot after her Rebel Moon home is literally ripped apart. But when she uncovers a terrible secret that the Empire has been hiding from its citizens, she must return to her rebel roots and save her world. Book one is planned for summer 2023. 
another sci-fi that is about rebelling against the empire nice. yes i haven't read genre. the um the dragon pro but um my, so my so my only experience with Yung Hali is Nine Fox Gambit, which was kind of dense. So um, I'm assuming their middle grade novels are way, are much more accessible. Yeah, I mean it would have to be. You can't really go into deep space physics in in like middle grade space adventures. Although maybe there is a way to like water it down and. <laughs> make it more accessible who knows but this sounds really fun uh i love stories about like fighting against the empire and having uh commentary on imperialism we've read those types of stories for this uh for this podcast and it's a debut ya trilogy so i'm guessing that it's gonna be a little bit darker than dragon pearl i haven't read dragon pearl either but it sounds really fun yeah all right next up in a six-figure auction, Orbit won world English rights to Chelsea Abdullah's debut epic fantasy trilogy. Influenced by 1001 Nights, the first novel, The Stardust Thief, follows a smuggler and a prince as they set off on a quest through the desert to retrieve a lamp that could revive a barren land. Publication is slated for May 2022. Yes, um... I've never read One Thousand and One Nights. Does that make me a very like bad? I mean, I feel person? like A Thousand and One Nights is the type of like story, I guess, anthology that we all just learn out of osmosis or you know Disney, right? We've all heard of Aladdin, um, and I actually don't know what else is part of One Thousand and One Nights. <laughs> I know the story around One Thousand and One Nights, which is um, the princess. Um, Was their name Shazarad? Um, telling a story to the Sultan to prevent her from being murdered. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually don't know any stories besides Aladdin, which I guess the Stardust Thief, which I guess the Stardust Thief is based on, right? Yeah, yeah. And I really like stories where you take your own culture and make it into a fantasy world because we've had so many like medieval english fantasies so it's nice to broaden the canon a little bit fantasy exists in other worlds too yeah all right so next up is you um okay yeah all right next up algonquin acquired All right, next up, Algonquin acquired world rights to Dust Child by Win Fan Kwe Mai. By Win Fan Kwe Mai, the author of The Mountain Sing. Her sophomore novel follows three American and Vietnamese families from the 1960s to present day as they grapple with the trauma and the ostracizing of abandoned as they grapple with the as they grapple with trauma and the ostracizing of abandoned American admiration <laughs> as they grapple with trauma and the ostracizing of abandoned Amer Asian people in Vietnam um I don't uh, uh no there's no publication yeah. date um as of now there is no publication date but yeah seems uh seems I've like heard great a... things about the mountain <laughs> sing um I'm trying to like remember if it won an award or not, but I do remember a lot of people reading it uh, last year because it came out in 2020 and a lot of people liked it. So it is on my list of possible <laughs> book club picks. Uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, it sounds really uh it, it since it's her sophomore novel, I'm guessing that she she's kind of like broadening her brand cuz The Mountain Sing is also historical fiction. Um so Yeah, yeah I mean it sounds, it sounds like this is also historical fiction, right? Yeah, 1960s Vietnam. Yeah, I mean I I feel like I I'm glad to see as always more authors writing from not only their own um like family or cultural experience but also you know countering them the mainstream narrative of like the Vietnam War right because we've always like like this is this isn't anything new for listeners or a podcast but you know the the general consensus like the general public's view of the Vietnam War is always from the perspective of the soldiers that went there um and I mean, I feel like the stories that are worth being, and, and I feel like there's so many stories about the effects like of, especially the families that have to flee the country that still has yet to be told, right? Like, like it sucks for the soldiers, but it also sucked for the people who lost their country. So it's, it's great to see stories like this, like Dust Child, like um, The Sympathizer kind of telling those stories. Yeah. All right. Next up, Henry Holt bought at auction world rights to debut picture book Hidden Gem by author illustrator Linda Liu, as well as a second untitled picture book. Pitched as the humor of John Klassen meets the whimsical style of Miyazaki, Hidden Gem is about an ordinary gray pebble that is envious of its more colorful, shiny peers as it traverses a museum of unique and precious rocks. Publication is planned for spring 2023. Sounds really cute. I can see this as like uh, an animated short film. Um, yeah, I can see kids being, you know, charmed by a, I guess, an anthropomorphic rock. Everybody has a gem inside them. <laughs> Everyone is is a pearl. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Harper Teen acquired "Just Happy to Be Here" by Naomi Kanakia, a contemporary YA novel about Tara. An Indian American trans girl who transfers from her prestigious all boys school to the sister school that she's always idealized. But once there, Tara has to decide whether she's content to be treated like a second class citizen or whether to risk her place by demanding that her school live up to its own principles. Publication is scheduled for spring 2023. I like it. It sounds really, um, it sounds like a really important read. Yeah. Um, not to say that, like, Books like these have to be issue books, but it's nice that the main character is an Indian American trans girl. It's definitely not a protagonist you see often in in fiction. And I like the fact that um, the main character goes to a sister school and that's like a whole nother ball game when it comes to like learning how to fit in. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds really interesting. All right, next up, Green Willow bought middle grade novel A Bit of Earth by Karuna Riazi, author of the Gauntlet series, and a second untitled novel. Told in a hybrid of verse and prose, A Bit of Earth is a contemporary retelling of The Secret Garden, starring a rebellious girl of Bangladeshi and Pakistani descent who finds herself shipped off to the white Claiborne family on Long Island after losing her activist parents. Publication is planned for fall 2022. Now, this is the Secret Garden, the book, not the, the Korean drama, right? Yeah, yeah, the book. <laughs> I have not read I didn't even think about the Korean drama. <laughs> it's sad to say, but I'm more familiar because of producing the Korean drama podcast of the Korean drama version because I've never read The Secret Garden. Oh, man. Secret Garden was like one of my favorite books as like a child. 
And when I say like child, I think like maybe when I was like five, <laughs> five or six years old. So yeah, like I'm really excited to to read this. Um, it's nice that the main character is uh, Bangladeshi and Pakistani because in the original Secret Garden, the main character is a white girl who is from India. And I mean, that's oh. a to- that's a whole different story. <laughs> but but it, Secret Garden has been adapted into like multiple films and it's it's a story that i really like so i'm really interested in seeing what karuna riazi did with her uh middle grade novel yeah also long island that's (laughs) because like in secret garden it takes place in in england like the english countryside so long island is a very different type of that's very different our, our next book deal, Labyrinth World acquired at auction Diva Zargarpur's middle grade debut, Farah Nurzad and the Ring of Fate, based on the mythology of the Seven Jinn Kings. This contemporary fantasy series follows 11-year-old Farah, who discovers her distant father is a Jinn King after she accidentally traps him inside a magical ring with a birthday wish gone wrong, and her quest to free him leads right to the most devious Jinn King of all. Publication is scheduled for summer 2023. There's something about stories, about magical rings that just <laughs> hypes up the the tension, you know? I really like the fact that it's called the Ring of Fate. It sounds really ominous. And um, yeah, congratulations to Diva on their middle grade debut. Okay, so our last book deal is, in an exclusive submission, Amazon 2 Lions acquired North American English rights to Lowey by Anna Kang and Christopher Wayant. The book is about a girl named Sohi, whose myriad of allergies prevent her from the what? Whose myriad of allergies prevent her from the only thing she's ever wanted, a pet to love and hold. Her life changes forever when she sets her eyes on a large highlighter yellow python. Publication is set for spring 2023. A python. I've never wanted a snake as a pet. They've always seemed kind of like a hazard to my health. They're scary. And also, like, don't you have to feed them live? Oh, yeah. We had a a snake in our biology teacher's room in high school. And every day during lunch break, she would let someone peep. She would let someone feed the snake uh, a mouse. Oh, oh my God. That's so that's so scary. Oh, man. But I can totally understand with with like having allergies that prevent you from having a pet. Like I said earlier, (laughs) um, having allergies as a kid and my parents having allergies, uh, being having a pet was not really an option. So, yeah, it's definitely an under it's definitely a relatable story. I mean, yeah. And I guess having a snake would be. I mean, I, I assume snakes are hyperallergenic because they don't have fur. Fur? Yeah. You could have had a snake, Brira. But, like, a python is so big. <laughs> like, I can understand having, I don't know, like, a smaller snake. Like, I don't know, some kind of guarded snake. But pythons are humongous. Don't they, like, like don't they continue to grow? I have I have no knowledge of snakes, so. I can't imagine, like korean parents being like yeah you can have a snake as a pet that just doesn't seem like that would (laughs) happen but um it sounds i'm curious this this has sparked my curiosity for this book (laughs) yeah all right and with that let's move on to our asian american book news Um, we have a couple stories regarding asian american literature 
adaptations into TV and film. Um, our first story is C. Pam Zhang's debut novel, How Much of These Hills is Gold, has been optioned by the Ink Factory to be developed into a TV series. Anita Go from The Farewell has been attached as the executive producer through her Kindred Spirit banner, and Hansel Jung and Hansel Young has been uh, attached as the writer. Um, his credits include Netflix's Tell of the City um, and Apple TV's and Apple TV's Pachinko and, and Apple TV's upcoming Pachinko. Um, How much of these hills is gold is a was was is a 2020 book that was longlisted for the Booker Prize and also selected as a Barack Obama Book of the Year. It is a story about Chinese American immigrants um, arriving in the U.S. during the Gold Rush, and it's a novel about the conflict between two siblings carrying the body of their newly deceased father across a harsh landscape. Um, I haven't actually read this book yet, but from what I understand, it is a Asian cowboy story, right? Or it's yes, like an Asian yes, Western. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's like an Asian Western. Um, from what I've heard, it really flips a lot of stereotypes when it comes to like the Wild West. I mean, when we think about the Wild West, we think about like I don't know, like like Hollywood movies with with like white men acting as cowboys. But the truth is, like a lot of cowboys were like like Latinos and also black. So um, so it is nice that it is putting an Asian face in this type of story because as we all know, um, Asians existed in America for a very, very long time. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for this uh, TV series since I have not read the book and I don't know. Maybe I will read the book before the TV series <laughs> launch. Um, so next up in our news list, Netflix has picked up rights to Maureen Gu's YA novel, Somewhere Only We Know, and it's currently being developed as a feature film with Lana Cho, who is the writer of the Hulu series Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, Maureen Gu, we've had her on the show. We've interviewed her for I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Uh, which was a Y novel about uh, a teenager who is really bad at uh, flirting and dating, and she follows steps and uh, recipes from from K dramas to to get the <laughs> guy that she crushes on. But uh, somewhere only we know is described as Roman Holiday meets Before Sunrise, and the story follows a massive K pop star and a tabloid photographer as they wander through the neon streets of Hong Kong, finding both adventure, love, and really good food because you're in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting because I think we've always said that Moringu has a very, like, the vibes of her book would translate really well to, like, a Netflix series or movie. And I'm glad to see that it's it's happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just love... uh. I love Roman Holiday and I love stories where uh, a couple have like a very limited time to <laughs> fall in love and just kind of figure out like how this relationship is going to work after uh, the time runs out. So it's yeah. definitely my jam. I'm really excited to watch this when it finally comes out. Yeah, I haven't there's read. No date. Yeah, I haven't read Somewhere Only We Know, but I feel like there's not only is there like the chemistry between the leads, but also the... Um, I mean, a K-pop star and a tablet photographer have also have like an innate antagonism between them, right? So I'm sure there's me like ulterior motives or like questioning of motives as like the central conflict. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the K-pop star is like 
uh, is a woman. So it kind of flips the expectations. I know that we have like a lot of K-pop books that are coming out lately where the love interest is like a K-pop idol from a boy band, but you know, it's, it's like a K-pop girl star. So yeah. um, really interesting role in, in flipping expectations. All right. So we have one last piece of news and it broke this morning. Um, and it's about uh, the sympathizer adaptation. We've talked a lot about the sympathizer in the past couple of episodes. Um, so this is an update on the Pak Chan-wook's uh, adaptation. Uh, so Robert Downey Jr. is going to co-star in the adaptation. Uh, it doesn't say what he's going to play. According to the article, he's playing literally all the white guys, which is interesting. Like all of them? Yeah, like all, basically all the antagonists um, that are white are going to be played by Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's interesting. According to the article, yeah. at least. Uh, which... Um, which is, I mean, if you want to talk about like, oh, how like white guys can't get roles anymore now, it's because Robert Downey Jr. is playing all of them in this movie. So blame him. I mean, right now they don't have any other news about casting, uh, but they are currently going through like a worldwide hunt for the main lead who, um, is described as half French, half Vietnamese in the book. Um, and of course they're going to try and cast, uh, Vietnamese actors. Because I'm guessing that a lot of Vietnamese is going to be used in in like the adaptation. I can't see like how that wouldn't be the case. Because <laughs> if they're just talking in English, I feel like it's going to lose a lot of the uh, a lot of the nuance, especially when the story moves into America. I really hope yeah. that it'll go in the direction of uh, Bong Juno's Snowpiercer. Because that had a mixed cast of American stars and Korean stars. And when the characters would talk in Korean, it was subtitled. Um, so I hope that there is like a blend of, uh, of like stylistic choices that allows for the actors to be comfortable in their native tongue. Um, but that's interesting. Robert Downey Jr. playing all of the white guys. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like John Malkovich. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rira, once again for compiling all of our book news. Rira, remind us again what we're reading for the month of July. We are reading Tia Lim's time travel novel, An Ocean of Minutes. So it takes place during a pandemic that has wiped out a large chunk of the population. And our main character, Polly, uh, signs a contract with a company that will uh, provide life-saving medicine to her boyfriend in exchange for her to be time-traveled five years into the future in indentured servitude. But she accidentally gets uh, time-traveled forward too many years, and she's kind of in a land that she doesn't uh, quite understand. It's not the America that she's familiar with. And while she is in this... Um, future that is uncertain she's searching for her boyfriend so a feel-good book for sure <laughs> yeah we'll be discussing that book at the end of the month so um if you've already finished let us know on goodreads your thoughts about the notion of minutes um but looking forward to discussing this book with you Rira. same here <laughs> all right and with that that'll do it for this episode of books and boba thank you so much again for listening 
Um, don't forget, if you enjoy our show, please leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to purchase the books that we've mentioned on this program, as well as support our podcast, um, please check out our bookshop.org store. Any purchases on there will help support our show as well as your local bookstores as well. And okay, so we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 